Hi, everybody. I'm Deacon Dave, and welcome to day 101 yep. of Silence in a Year. So now we're on to the next set of 100. Mm -hmm. And so we will knock these out over the next 100 days. How's that? That sounds good to me. Work. So what, what do we got today, Alicia? So today the, um, the title is Meeting of Two Silences, mm -hmm. and the word is Completion. So today, Cardinal Sarah um, is talking about how God and human silence, they're walking together, and how to walk together in that silence. And he says, in love and peace, right, that only God can bring out of us. So that the meeting of those two silences, only God can bring, which makes sense, because he's the only one that can do that, right? So without God, we couldn't, we, could, we wouldn't be able to manage that. I like the idea of love and peace, Alicia, because so often in our spiritual lives, there's a lot of disruption, a lot of noise, and we don't have that peace a lot of times because we're trying to take care of things on our own or figure out how the outcome should be the way we want to. And none of those lead to that peace and that silence that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think I heard somebody say, all I want is just joy and peace in my life. And with the wounds that I have, I'm having a hard time finding that joy and that peace. And so what I, res I responded to that person was that um, you're not going to find it on your own. Mm -hmm. And that bringing that to Jesus and uniting that with Jesus, then it, the, the wounds may not go away. But eventually, um, God will work through those wounds, and then they become scars. And scars are, are okay. It's the wounds we want to get through. Yeah, I had someone tell me the other day that the things they struggle with are a part of the fabric of their life, and that they don't think that they'll ever be able to, to get over them or get past them. And I go, well, what you said is true in the sense that everything that happens to us becomes a fabric a part of who we are and it's not like it can become separated or uh, different from who we are so what I said to this person is is you really need to allow Jesus to immerse himself into that fabric right just kind of soaking into that fabric that brokenness the good the bad everything and if he is there then when you uh, remember that part of who you are it doesn't elicit things that are opposite of joy and peace. It doesn't mean that you might not think about it, but it doesn't consume you. It doesn't have control over you. And so I think spending time in silence is the only way with the wounds, as you suggested, to just sit with the Lord because he's the salve. He's the oil. He's the healer. He's the one um, that's going to bring about the change in our hearts. Like you said, not going to happen on our own. It just made me think about um, mending a garment. You talk mm -hmm. about the, the mending. So when you when you mend something, that doesn't happen a whole lot uh, these days. Um, you know, people just go out and buy a new pair mm -hmm. of pants or whatever. Mm -hmm. But growing up, my mom used to mend our clothes, right? Or put a patch over it and and then and then stitch it in. Well, you knew that that hole was still underneath that, but it was mended to uh, to become new if you will, again. And so I think that those wounds, as I said, they become a scar and that scar is the mending. So no, you don't ever forget that wound that you had, but it's no longer painful to think about it because God has healed that and mended that 
into that. Isn't the mending often stronger than the oh, original yeah. material? And so that's really interesting thought, Alicia, because if the areas that we thought we had a hole are mended by Jesus, they are actually stronger. And I think the reason they're stronger is because we begin to realize, number one, Jesus has healing power. Number two, he then takes that healing power, which he has mended us by, and he then uses that to help us mend the lives of other people by sharing our story. Well, that's a great segue into the second point that Cardinal Sarah makes today, where he says, the Garden of Gethsemane and Calvary is the most beautiful union of two silences. Where he was sweating blood. Right. And where he died after being scourged. Right. So you think yeah. about what he didn't say anything, right? He never said, no, 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 that's not me. Or he never gave in to Pilate to say, okay, well, let me explain this to you. Um, he knew the truth of what God was waiting for him. And so he knew what he had to do. And in that silence, so sometimes I think that in those trying times, I'm a work in progress, mind you. In that trying times, I feel like I, I have learned to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And I have learned to say, okay, all right, if that's what you have to say, say what you have to say. I am not going to respond. Um, okay, I'm hearing you. I'm listening, but I'm not going to respond. Because sometimes it's just the best way to take that into your heart and then just let God heal if it's words or it's actions or whatever that you're enduring because he's going to take that from you. Yeah, there's so many different aspects to what you just said, but this idea to think that such um, tragedy with silence could bring about such beauty. Right. And I think that's the same thing the Lord wants us to do in, in our suffering, is to realize the beauty that can be contained within that suffering, the beauty that can be unleashed as a result of that suffering. But it has everything to do with how we invite the Lord in and then how we allow him to help heal us and give us that peace and joy we've been talking about right. so that we can share it with well, others. And, you know, I just think about um, when we enter into Holy Week and um, into the Tritium when it is quiet. Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up and there was no music, no TV, no entertainment, nothing. It was lots of prayer, lots of quiet time. And that brings you into that journey, um, you know, into the walk um, with Jesus on Calvary because that's where we unite with him and that's where he heals us. You know, we, we go on the cross with him and then we go into the tomb and then we're resurrected and that those wounds get healed. Yeah, Good Friday, we uh, uh, the clergy, we go and we're in our red vestments and we, we lay prostrate mm -hmm. in front of the altar. And it's the only time during the liturgical year where Mass is actually, where the Eucharist is not uh, consecrated. Correct. So we use the Eucharist that was consecrated from uh, Holy Thursday. Mm -hmm. and, and But it's like you could hear a pin drop. Mm -hmm. And so it's just beautiful to lay prostrate there and to reflect on the beauty contained inside the Lord's suffering. Right. Good yep. stuff. Any yep. other thoughts? No. Takeaway question. I have a takeaway question. Please. Okay, so don't rush me as I look for it because you rush me sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> in our suffering or in a particular situation, do we immediately unite with God in our hearts? Or do we run away from God? trying to fix it ourselves. I have all kinds of stuff I could answer to that. Oh, me too. But let the listeners 
answer them. Okay, well, let's end in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of silence. We thank you for the gift of your Son, um, who anguished in the Garden of Gethsemane, and then died on a cross so that we may have access to you. We may have access to salvation and eternal life. Lord, if we are going through some difficulty now, help us to run to you and not away from you. And I ask that you bless everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you. Bye.